Hey, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Today's episode is especially exciting for me to share with you because my guest today is a former student and coaching client of mine. She has made huge career shifts, opened her own salon suite, gotten into education, increased her income exponentially in the past year or so, and she's done it by just focusing on a couple key things. I am so proud of everything that Kara has accomplished in the past year and a bit, and I'm really, really excited to share it with you. We're going to talk about branding yourself as a beauty professional, calling in dream clients, and building a business on your own terms, because that's the important thing here. We're not talking about just hustling and grinding until you reach some arbitrary goal you've set. We've talked, we're talking about really finding fulfillment in your life and in your career. Kara gives an unfiltered look at what it's really like to build a brand and a business as a beauty pro. And this is such a timely episode for my independent stylist or those of you who are dreaming of becoming an independent stylist. And before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you about the biggest free education event of the year for sweet stylists. Or if you've thought about becoming a sweet stylist, and I'm talking, of course, about a really sweet summit. So last year, over 4,000 beauty pros attended this event, and I expect it to be even bigger and better this year. We are kicking off on May 15th, and it runs through the 17th, 2022. And you can grab your free ticket at jodybrown.ca slash sweetsummit. I'm also going to pop the link in the show notes, so it's super easy for you to find. If you have never attended a really sweet summit before, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it's about. So it's a free three-day virtual event for hairstylists looking to create a balanced, fulfilling, and profitable salon suite biz. It is hosted and put together by my friend and hairstylist rising frequent contributor, Piper DeYoung. She is the queen of branding and web design, um, and she has put together 18 of the industry's biggest educators. I'm going to give you a couple examples of what what you're going to learn. So Megan Diaz is going to be speaking on adding luxury services to your menu. Crystal L is going to teach the importance of building an inclusive brand. Jamie Dana is going to be covering how to plan and execute your next three months of Instagram content. My friend Jennifer Kenny from the Independent Stylist Podcast is going to be talking about getting started with independent education. Casey Taylor is talking marketing for small town stylists. And Hunter Donia is going to teach how to prevent burnout with automations and systems in your beauty business. Now, you'll notice that almost all of the educators that I mentioned have been guests on the podcast. You're already probably familiar with some of their work, and this is your opportunity to learn from them for free in a super fun, super immersive three-day experience. I, of course, will be teaching all about crafting a magnetic brand, and this time I'm teaming up with my branding and web design bestie, Piper, to talk about websites too. So if you haven't yet, I want you to go ahead, grab your free ticket, and without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Kara because I know that you are going to be so inspired and feel so good about what's next in your career after listening to this episode. Let's go. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. 
Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi, Kara. Welcome to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So for my listeners, can you just introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background on how you got started in the beauty industry? I would love to. So my name's Kara Meads. I'm an independent stylist and hair extension educator. I've been doing hair now for about 10 years. I was in healthcare before I started doing hair, which is like taking care of people, but in a different kind of light. So I started out at a very corporate type commission based salon. It was actually hourly. I don't know why I said commission, but an (laughs) hourly based salon. And I got amazing education there. So I worked my way up from assistant all the way to master stylist in the course of about five years. And then I left. I decided I wanted to do something different and went to a commission-based salon closer to the city where, you know, where I'm from. And I had a pretty good experience there. And then the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. I became a mom during that time. And when I went back to work, something was just amiss. Like it just didn't feel the same. And I felt like I didn't really fit into that space anymore. And I needed to kind of forge my own path. Right. So I had um, an old stylist that I actually used to get my hair done by owned a salon that was pretty close to my house. So I ended up booth renting from her and booth rented from her for about nine months. And now I own a studio suite with one of my old coworkers from my first commission salon. So it's pretty cool. I didn't actually, so I knew most of your story, but I didn't actually know that that was, it was a former coworker that you had opened your salon with. So it's amazing how these little steps all culminate in where we ultimately end up. Yeah. So she was at the first commission salon and then we went to the second one was, I worked with her too. So yeah. Amazing. So yeah. When we first crossed paths, it was when you had just had your daughter, correct? And you were just kind of going back into, I think you were just about to go independent. Yes. I think she was about five months old when we started talking. Yeah. And you know, as a, as a mom and like, as someone who has been an independent stylist as well, I definitely know how beneficial that flexibility can be and how exciting it is to be able to kind of create your own, you know, schedule. It's, it's really, really exciting, but it's also pretty terrifying when you first step into business ownership. Right. And I can imagine, especially as a new mom, how did that feel taking that risk? And what was it that ultimately made you decide to jump? Terrifying is exactly the word I would use to describe it. I was scared out of my mind because 
up to this point, I had pretty, not cushy, but like secure spaces in my first two salons. I had been there for a good amount of time and put down roots. And I feel like everything just kind of got shook up in 2020. But terrified was a really good word to use. I had an incident at my last salon that just kind of triggered something in me that it just made me feel like it wasn't the right space for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I could be who I was becoming there. And not to like, you know, I don't want to shade anyone or throw anyone under the bus, but there was a specific point where I was like, no, I can't stand by this anymore. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting that you said who I was becoming. I love that you put it that way because career changes happen. And I think that within our industry, there's so many different avenues that you can go down. And I think a lot of the time we make emotional decisions based on, oh, like I've worked here for X amount of years, so I can't leave. Or like this person, I've known them for this amount of time. And a lot of the time that that stops people from honoring their own evolution, which is a natural part of being a human, being in business, being a stylist for creatives. I think that being in an environment that inspires you is incredibly important. And so I love that you were able to kind of take that step and realize, okay, this isn't actually honoring not just who I was, but like who I want to be and who I am becoming and what feels good. So um, can you walk me through like the first kind of week or so in your, in your new space? Like, what was that like for you? When I was booth renting? Yeah. When you went into booth rental, when you went into business for yourself the first time. Yeah. It was so freeing and amazing because I could be myself with my clients without like any filters, without feeling I had to conform to a standard that I didn't set and being able to work the hours that I dreamed of without asking permission from anyone. Yeah. I love that. And that was the point that we had started working together, right? Yes. It was right around that time. We had like a phone call, I think sometime in December, 2020, I want to say, I think that's when it was. That's amazing. I love sharing your story because what I noticed you do, which I thought was really, really smart and intuitive as this was your first time in business is you right away grabbed the bull by the horns and you dove into the branding process and figuring out exactly like you were part of um, the beauty brand bootcamp where we kind of go through and figure out what's actually important to you. So how how was that to kind of go through? And do you think that's what led you to opening the suite so soon was actually going through, figuring out exactly what mattered? Can you give me a little bit of insight on what the branding process was like for you from your perspective and how that shaped your decisions? Yeah, definitely. So I feel like I just kind of based my brand off of what I wanted to call into my business and what I wanted to stay away from. I wanted clients that had an alignment of values that I had, but also style and what I was looking to like perform as far as services were concerned in my chair. So I drew in like a good amount of business, but I was definitely spinning my wheels on how to get the right people into my chair. Right. So I think, you know, 
making decisions on just little things like what towel I would have instead of the ones that were provided for me, what my decor would feel like for my target market client, like what kind of vibe they would want when they were sitting in my chair. I had that freedom to make my own schedule, but I didn't have the freedom to like provide the atmosphere that I wanted to provide for my clients. And not that my booth rental was a bad atmosphere. It was actually really great. It just wasn't like the vibe that I had. So Mm -hmm. definitely to be able to give my clients what I had envisioned in my head and put that out in front of them was something that I wanted to do. And I felt like I did it pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. But that's one of the things about getting that clarity. I think that so often, like we just said, people stay in situations that aren't ideal because they're like, well, I should, you know, stick it out a little longer or whatever. And I think that we need to get away as an industry from thinking that the ending of things always has to be bad. So I like that you said, like, it wasn't about the rental situation, not being great. It was just that once you got clear on your branding and who you wanted to call in, it was more about being able to create that atmosphere. Cause you know, I talk about branding a lot on the podcast and it's something that I just want to make really, really clear for people is that it's not just about how you show up on Instagram. It's not just about how you market your business. It's about calling in the clients that are going to make you feel fulfilled and really designing your business to be exactly as you want it to be. I agree. It's definitely, it's one of those things. It's like you can market yourself till the cows come home on Instagram or wherever. But if the, the vibe that you're giving out on your social media isn't authentic when the person shows up in your chair, they're going to be like, a little thrown. Ultimately, people need to remember what the point is, right? Of marketing. And the point of marketing is to bring people into your business. So we have a lot of listeners who are both like hairstylists behind the chair, educators, salon owners. And I think that's something that's really universal when it comes to creating and amplifying and sharing your personal brand and your message is keeping it consistent and keeping it really authentic. And so how did you merge? Because you opened your salon with a partner, right? Yes. What did that look like as far as, you know, merging your brands together? Had your partner done the intentional branding process? Did you start fresh? What did that look like? Or was it more an evolution? It was more like a merge and an evolution. We're kind of on the same page as far as like certain things go, our styles of hair are completely different, but our vibe in general style aesthetically is very similar, but there were lots of back and forth text messages, lots of photos thrown around, lots of ideas and lots of compromise too. I think when you go into business with a partner, you have to be open to all the ideas and also not being shy about speaking up if it's something you don't agree with. We had a really good relationship where like, we're not going to hurt each other's feelings if we don't like the other person's idea and we're not going to take it personally. So I think that that's a good way to be too. You can't take everything personally when you have a relationship with someone that's also a friend too. So for sure. And that's like one of the things that, you know, working through mindset issues, I think that allows, I, I know that like, myself, I won't speak for anyone else, but over the past six years, I have really been able to stop the blame game as I worked through my own mindset. And I think that's where, like when you enter into a partnership, 
it's super helpful to be really self-aware as opposed to thinking that everything else, everything is the other person's, you know, fault or mistake or whatever that looks like. Definitely. And we have two different business structures. So like I have, you know, my own booking system. I have like my own set of clients. She has her own booking system and her own set of clients. So our businesses are our responsibility. The overall like building or the space that we have our clients is shared. So we have to compromise in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever shared this before, but one of the first things that we always, that we do inside my program, which you know, cause you've been through it is go through and actually talk about your brand values. And you know how, like we discussed that it's not just about, we're not talking about values just for marketing, but it's decision-making. So which brands you're going to carry, which, you know, which location you're going to do, who you choose to partner with, will you have an assistant? All of those decisions are based on that true North and your brand's mission. So did you find that having clarity on those things brought ease into the process? It definitely did. I feel like having a clear branding message needs to happen before you enter into any sort of business making decisions because you don't want your brand to be all over the place. So having those values to kind of refer back to were super important. I know when we opened up, like having something that was clean beauty was very important to the both of us. The thing about branding though, is it does shift over time. Like it doesn't always have to be the same. So it's like a, it's like a science experiment, really. Like you try things out, you see how it works, and then you can adjust and shift based on how you're feeling, how your clients are receiving everything, and how your marketing and drawing in new people is working for you. Totally. It's just like a person, right? Like think about who you were five years ago. Anyone listening, think about who you were even two years ago. Yeah. Your basics are going to probably stay, you know, you, you don't change at your core very often, but you evolve your interests change the way that you, so I think that it's, that's the thing is like a brand is not, you don't like, go and be like, okay, brand check. Like it's, it's a living, breathing part of your business. And it's essentially at the core of, of every decision that you're going to make. So of course that's going to evolve. And I think you need to let it evolve. Otherwise you're going to feel suffocated. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like if you think about five years ago, like I probably wouldn't want to be friends with the person I was five years ago because it was just, I was a different person, but becoming a parent has definitely shifted my mindset a hundred percent. Like I have different people in my life now. I have people that I don't speak to anymore. Like there are just things in your life that change who you are as a person and it also reflects in your business. Absolutely. When it comes to business, we talk about branding and marketing. There's this concept of the ideal client, which is really important. It's not that you're just going to manifest this one specific person, but it's about real clarity in your messaging. Essentially, if you don't know who you're talking to, then you're going to go off in 80 different directions. So having the clear idea of an ideal client is what allows you to create messaging that's going to resonate on some level with the people that you want to call in. And it's okay for that person to evolve as well. But the concept for me is less about keeping it static and more about just having it evolve naturally and have it flow so that it doesn't feel off-putting or jarring to help. Yeah, exactly. 
There is something else that I really thought was important for us to talk about, because I know this has been a really large part of your journey. And you, like you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you are now an educator yourself. Yeah. But when you started your journey as an entrepreneur and as a new mom, there was a little bit of resistance when it came to investing in yourself at the beginning when it came to education. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think there's so many stylists who have been through that or maybe still there where they're like almost holding themselves back a little bit because they're scared to make the investment in themselves, no matter what that investment is. Can you talk a little bit about the beginning of your journey into education? Yes. So I will preface this as I came from my first salon that I was an assistant at and I was given the world. Like when you're in an experience that isn't like 100% what you want it to be all the time, you think it's like a terrible thing. Literally every class was paid for. Mm -hmm. I got education at least four times a year. We had educators fly in nationwide on a consistent basis. My second salon, not like that at all. So I knew when I went out on my own, I had to be responsible for my own education, Mm -hmm. but without, I don't know, for lack of a better word, it's fucking scary to put your own money on the line when you've been used to someone else flipping the bill for your own education, Mm -hmm. but you're going to crash and burn and die in the same (laughs) place if you don't do it. That's so true because, you know, you just, you mentioned when you were talking about your story too, how much you were able to evolve and grow in your first environment, right? And that is like, you know, when you're in an environment like that, where you're allowed to grow and thrive, I think sometimes when, when stylists go independent after, they don't realize like, oh, all this education and all of this like coaching and pouring into that I've received is probably a little bit of what helped me grow. So it's so important to keep up that, that same, whether it's hiring a coach, whether it's, you know, taking education, like, like you said, if you're not moving forward, especially in our industry and you're not, you know, connecting with your purpose and, and getting new ideas, I think that's a really big source of burnout and lack of fulfillment for stylists once they start to become entrepreneurs. Yeah, I feel like a lot of stylists, I don't know about like stylists that go independent specifically or just stylists in general, if you have like a lack of inspiration, that really causes a lack of like determination in your business and your clients will kind of like have a wandering eye. Like what is this other person next to you doing? Why does their hair look better than mine? Well, they're getting, you know, thousands of dollars worth of education every year and you're just doing the same haircut that you did the last five years on this person. They're not going to feel special and they're not going to feel like you're evolving as a stylist. So, you know, if you had a partner or like a friend that wasn't evolving or changing as a person, you'd probably just look for it elsewhere. You'd find another relationship. That's kind of what clients do when you just stay stagnant in your career, when you don't take responsibility for yourself and say, I need some education. Oh, you're so right. Cause I think in any creative industry and especially like in an industry like ours, which is both creative and like based so much on connection, a lack of passion is the kiss of death. And that's what, you know, it really, really can 
it can be the difference between, you know, fizzling out because we've all seen stylists who seemingly climb so, so fast and then basically disappear. And I think it's a combination of like the burnout and then just losing that passion. And I think it's so important to, to get that back and be responsible for keeping yourself inspired. So when you were going to put your own money on the line, like what was the, what were the things that held you back from, cause it didn't hold you back for long. Like you worked through it pretty quickly, <laughs> but you, you were very close. Like, you know, for instance, even with, with beauty brand bootcamp, you were like kind of close to not investing because you had just started business, right? Which was fair. But what was the thing that kind of tipped you over and was like, no, I need to do this. I know a lot has happened for you since then, but I'm curious to know, like, what was the thing that made you be like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this action. Honestly, it was kind of like, what is the worst that could happen? I'm not going to be any worse for the wear if I like invest or don't invest. I'm actually going to be like doing myself a disservice if I don't invest the money in myself. Like what is the worst that could happen? I I feel like with coaching in that type of arena in general, a lot of people don't find value in it because there's nothing like tangible they can see, no light at the end of the tunnel. But I've gotten more value out of investing in a coach, investing in a branding workshop than I have out of any hair class I've ever taken because it is just an expansion of your business. And I think looking at it as like, I'm going to be better off for doing this. You're going to get your return on investment so much more than you would spending thousands of dollars on a hair class Mm -hmm. that lasts five hours for one day and they, you get all this information and then you're like, what do I even do with this? You have to practice, you spend time. And I think sweat equity is something people don't consider as like time, time is money. So you can get a lot further if you invest in someone that's been where you were before. That's what I think. That's so true too. Cause you know, business education in our industry, it's not I wouldn't say that it's like brand new, but it being accessible to everyone is something that has really only come up in the past like five years. And like you said, like as stylists, we'll drop, you know, whatever amount of money on technique classes. And I couldn't agree with you more that I think like learning how, like, don't get me wrong, technique's important, but I agree with you that like learning, you know, getting into like a community, particularly, I love like group coaching because I think that you are inspired and, you know, once you see what's possible and you get into a group of other stylists who are doing really big things, it expands your mind and having a coach that has done what you're trying to achieve or has helped people do what you're trying to achieve It's like giving yourself an easy button, essentially. Like it cuts out possibly years of trial and error. I know when I started my online business, working with my coach, like I was able to double my behind the chair income in my second year in online business. And it is 100% because I invested in the people who could help me get there faster. Sometimes we think that, you know, by not investing and figuring things out ourselves, we're saving money. But really, if it's costing you an extra two or three years to get where you want to go, 
at the end of the day, it's false economy. Marketing has evolved so much. It's been 17 years since I became a licensed stylist. And it was a very different game back then. Like you, you very much relied on your salon. And it was like, honestly, putting ads in the paper. Like I remember being on like a TV slot, styling hair, like, you know, things like that. But now we have so much opportunity to grow. And like the idea of having your own website as a stylist, you know, 17 years ago, if you were renting a chair or whatever, probably wouldn't have been a thing. But now we can make ourselves so visible. Like Instagram is a wonderful platform for that. And, you know, we'll get into a little bit of like what you don't need to stress about with Instagram and what you do. And then things like, you know, having your own website, being able to become searchable on Google, collaborating with other people in your industry, paid advertising, even like I remember coming back off maternity leave before I figured out. And I've been very open that like I used Instagram to rebuild and go independent after Matt leave. But that was like, you know, I figured that out after like maybe a month being back at the salon. And I think I paid like $300 to put a tiny business card shaped ad in the newspaper that literally got me no clients, right? That was one print, one print run, a business card sized ad in a giant newspaper that none of my dream clients read. Yeah. (laughs) You know, cards at the grocery store. Like people don't want to last at the grocery store. Like it's so (laughs) So it's just so funny to me that there's this still this resistance to the idea of like investing and learning about marketing yourself and your business when it's like, this is a, like, there's so many free platforms that you can use. And all you have to do is put a little time in to learn how to harness them. Like, that's a win for me, you know, based on someone. So <laughs> I think it's really easy. And don't get me wrong. There is a downside to social media. I completely agree when it comes to like obsessing and comparing and all of those things. But, you know, if you can detach from that a little bit and go about it with intention, there's so much opportunity when it comes to marketing as an independent stylist or even if you're wanting to, you know, if as long as you have a supportive salon owner, which I think there are more and more of now, you can even just call in the services you want, create your own niche. You know, like you said, you're also calling in clients who align with your values. So there's so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. You Agreed. have been very open with me that social media, just kind of to go back to this, social media has been a source of like anxiety for you, right? Like you don't yeah. always love the experience. No. And it's more like for a while there, not anymore, but for a while it was the comparison syndrome, yeah. like looking at other people and being like, oh, my stuff doesn't look as good as theirs. Oh, ooh, they curl hair better than me. Or, ah, they do better extensions. It's like social media at the end of the day is like everyone's highlight reel and you have to take it for what it is. Mm -hmm. Just because someone takes a better photo than you doesn't mean your work isn't great. I know stylists that take zero photos and they bang out the most amazing work, but you'd never know it because they don't advertise it. The biggest takeaway I can tell other stylists about social media to not make it feel so toxic and so like you're comparing yourself to other people's work is unfollow hairstylists. 
Like yeah. I love my stylists that are my friends in real life and that are supportive of me and my work. But like the overwhelming amount of hair content that I was consuming was exhausting. Yeah. And I felt like I was working 24 seven when I wasn't doing anything but scrolling my Instagram. I mean, to see hair content constantly yeah. makes you feel like you're working all the time. Oh, that's so true. I am a liberal user of the mute button. Mute anyone that triggers even the slightest amount of comparison. Because that way <laughs> you have control. There's nothing wrong with curating your social media experience to be what you want and separating that from how you use it for business. It, it makes a huge difference because like there are things you can get from every type of industry out there. Like you don't always have to get your inspiration from hair. Yeah. You can get it from like an interior designer. You yeah. can get it from, I don't know. I like this like balloon arch company that they make really cool balloon arches. Like yeah. in my local town, there's like cake companies that I really like their work and that yeah. type of stuff inspires me too. Yeah. Also like you know, you don't always have to consume the content of the line of work that you're in. Like, look outside of that. Totally. And that's like one of the messages that I try to really, really embed is that a lot of the time when stylists are saying, oh, I don't want to use Instagram to market because I'm so burnt out by it. But here's the thing. You're probably not burnt out by creating content for your own account. You're probably burnt out from scrolling a ton on the app. And that's why... I'm such a strong advocate of batching your content in advance. And then you can even schedule it so that you don't even need to be there to publish that content. But if you can look at it as a whole, if you can look at like, okay, this is what I'm creating content about. It takes that obsession away from the outcome of every post. You can create content when you're feeling inspired and as a, as a service to your existing clients. Because I think that's a really beautiful and overlooked way to use social media is to provide value yeah. for the people who already follow you. And then, you know, you can use it to grow your business without being, you don't need to be on the app 24 seven to use it as a valuable tool, but look at it as a tool, not the be all and end all. Yeah. There's a hundred different ways to go about marketing yourself. Instagram's just one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it definitely like as our, as our industry is super visual, I think that's kind of why Instagram became such a, such a great tool because people are now use it to look for services, right? The yeah. thing that's really interesting is that people get really caught up in like new Instagram trends and all those types of things. But I'm still a firm believer that if you have a solid message and a solid brand, Instagram is just a way that you communicate that brand. It's not your whole brand. So, you right. know, you can have a website, you can have, I think that, I think that posting, you know, content to Instagram semi-regularly is a good idea because you're going to, people want to know that you're still active essentially, but that's a very different thing. You know, it might take you an hour a month to schedule three posts a week to publish yeah. on Instagram versus thinking that you have to be like making a reel every day, doing all these things every day. And it's just not accurate. Like if you have a foundation to your marketing, Instagram is just how you're spreading the message. And like you said, there's all these other platforms that we can look at as well. You just have to find the one that works for you the best. Exactly. And you can have like a full book 
without having even a thousand followers. Like if if you had a thousand people like wanting to get in your chair, you're not even going to be able to do all their hair in the first place. Like you'd be so burnt out trying to get everyone in. There's no way. It's so funny that you say that because actually in one of the workshops that I teach, I use you an example as an example of this because I looked at it and I think when you messaged me and you were, and you had had like your best week, like the first time after you went independent that you would like attracted dream clients and you messaged me and you were like, this is like the best week I've ever had. And all of the clients that I brought in were dream clients. And I think that at that time you had less than 400 followers. Yeah. And I don't have a ton now. I I just feel like I don't follow Instagram trends because I'm not trying to be an, (laughs) I'm not an influencer by any means. I'm not trying to build an online platform. Exactly. Oh my God. I love that. And then like, yeah, the personal connection, you are like so good about showing up on your Instagram and we have relationships with our clients. So they like to see that, right? It's, they want to see your work. They want to see what the experience is going to be like. Obviously we create like a whole content plan and all of the things, but at the end of the day, like if you're going to implement one thing, it's don't obsess over Instagram. Think of it as a tool to showcase your work, build relationships and, you know, show people what it's going to be like if they become your client. That's really what it comes down to. I agree. I know that's something you've worked on, you know, a lot over the past year or longer now is cultivating a positive and not just positive, but like a growth mindset, let's say. Can you talk a little bit on that? Yeah, definitely. I needed to change something within myself that I didn't have this like growth potential. Like I just Mm -hmm. thought I was going to do hair and I was going to like have a good career and that was going to be it. But something like at the end of this past year, 2021, I really was like, no, I need to like push for something more. I know there's more out there for me. And my mindset really needed to shift in like a big way. And I needed to do it fast because I felt myself, I, my business is doing well, but I felt myself slipping into like getting burnt out inside my business and ordering retail and keeping up the salon. And I was like, I need to do something that's going to keep me inspired, but also like keep my ass in gear. So changing my mindset all kind of started recently, like at the beginning of 2021, So I went through a program last year with my current business coach and I invested like a lot in January. And let me tell you, I did not have the money to invest. I did not, but I just took a leap of faith and I'm like, there's got to be something to this. The first time I worked with my business coach, things worked out well for me. And then I kind of like stopped. So I'm like, I'm just going to go all in and do, do the work. So I have to say like my mindset growth has changed so much. I healed like a money mindset, which it is a block for a lot of people that they don't realize it is. I was so resistant to like invest in myself that I started seeing cracks in like the way I interacted with my clients and the way I showed up at work. Like you have to invest in yourself and make yourself feel good before you can make other people feel good. So I think just like doing the inner work, yeah, doing the inner work and like, honestly, hiring a coach that was outside of what I quote unquote thought I could afford 
yeah. had this year, my business went, it's grown at least three times from January. Like the, uh, you know, the amount of business I've seen has wow. been a three, three X growth since January Wow. and almost on track to like double what I did last year, just in the last four months. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like my, not my overall sales in the last four months, but my trajectory is almost yeah. double what I did last year. So it goes oh, to show yeah. you that just like, yeah, putting your mindset like into yourself and investing in yourself and knowing that like you just take that leap of faith, you spend the money yeah. and you do it for you and yeah. you will see a return. Oh, you're so right. It's honestly, that's 100% true. I have yet to invest in a coach that I didn't get at least my investment, if not more back and a lot of personal growth, but it's not about like swiping your credit card is not going to get your results. That's not the thing no. that's going to make you. And I think sometimes people think like, well, I bought this program, so I should have all these results, but it's like, okay, but did you put the work in? Because like, you know, that real, <laughs> you can get it for three easy payments of doing the damn work. That's exactly true. Cause I think that, you know, it just is the thing that holds you accountable and makes you actually step outside your comfort zone, do the things that you're, that you were scared to do before and have someone there to guide you and fast forward you through the process. A hundred percent. And like I said, get a person that has been not, that no one's going to be exactly where you are. Get yeah. someone that is something or someone that you want to emulate Yeah, that you want a business that looks like what they're doing yeah. and someone that's been in your shoes in the past, because you can't respect someone that you don't want a career like them, but yeah. you also can't respect someone that wasn't where you were before. So it's good to know. That's so true. And I think that's why, like, you know, I, a lot of people, I've, I've had a lot of people ask, like, what do you look for in a coach or in a business coach or, or a marketing coach or a branding coach or whatever that looks like. And what I look for is not just the coach themselves, but I also look at like the testimonials and the stories. Cause you know, sometimes I'll see a coach and I'm like, their stuff is incredible. I don't necessarily, they haven't necessarily done what I what I want to do, you know what I mean? But I'll look at some of their stories and I'm like, okay, this is someone I see myself in. So like, yeah, if you just, and the reason I say that is because it, sometimes it's hard. Like if you've got dreams that you're like, and you can't find the exact coach, but you are like, they haven't done exactly what you want to do, or maybe they're an online business and you want to be a salon owner or whatever, but you can see that they've helped people get to where you want to go and you relate to them and like them on a personal level, then those are things that you can look for. And like, what's their track record? What's the consistency there? Like, are they still, you know, doing this today? I think that is really important because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of coaches out there and finding the right one, it can be the biggest game changer for you. There's a lot. Like there's, and it's easy to like get shiny object syndrome too yes. and just switch up your, I don't know, your goals just by seeing something different. But I mean, so far in the last two years since I've been, I have had two different coaches yeah. and finding people that you like click with, that you vibe with and that you trust, I think is most important. If yeah. you feel like something's off or a little bit amiss, 
it probably just isn't something you vibe with. You have to just trust them. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything that you've experienced? You know, this has been such an amazing insight. So I appreciate you sharing. Is there anything that you just really want to make sure that stylists who are, you know, in a phase, you know, where you were before you made the decision to go independent, where you were just kind of feeling a little bit stuck and like, you know, you felt like something was off for the stylist who's in that position right now. What's the biggest piece of advice you could give them after all you've accomplished over the past few years? So if you're feeling stuck, hire a coach. Like there's nothing you can say for the value that it provides. So you need to hire a coach first and foremost. And you need to accept that a lot of the predicaments you're in are a result of like what you're willing to accept for yourself. Because we're not going to let people treat us any differently than we're willing to accept, right? So if someone's treating you poorly or if you feel like victimized in a situation or your workplace, you're the one accepting that. Like you don't have to work there anymore. You don't have to accept treatment from coworkers if you don't appreciate the way they talk to you. Like stand up for yourself, but also know that like there are so many great things out there for you. You just have to be willing to like put in the time, put in the work and see beyond what you see currently. Cause there's a lot out there. That is incredible advice. Thank you so much for sharing Kara. And thank you for being here today. Your story is just so inspiring. And I am personally just so proud of everything that you've achieved. And just, I love to see like how happy and fulfilled you are. Cause that to me is just as important as financial success. Yeah, honestly, like the the past at least year and a half, I've felt so many highs, but also like I was at a, you know, a low point at one point. And I think just being happy and being content in your business can change just your whole life. It really can. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Thank you again for being here and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.